Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Dragoncast, home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the insane world of Westeros and beyond. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Last week of November, uh, have you got your tree up yet, Chris? I can see... Uh, no, I haven't got my tree up yet. We're getting it on Saturday morning. I wanted it this weekend, but we were away. Oh, I see. You're, last, the, you're the early bird. Well, last year I last year I got it early, and then by like the eighth of December it was brown, and all the decorations were falling off, and it was a valuable right, lesson. Okay, okay. To okay. wait, hold your um, horses. Sorry, very rude of me. Welcome to Dragoncast, everybody. I'm Jamie. East. <laughs> this is this is Chris Mandel. We just Hello. let straight in. I could talk. I've got no. I'm I'm a bit of a bar humbug at Christmas. I find it exhausting. Such I interviewed uh, somebody last week who already had their tree up, fully lit, decorations everywhere. Famous person? Famous person. Uh, probably can't say at this point. <laughs> but also, I was like, it's very straight. Therefore, I think it is fake. And he was like, obviously it's fake because how would I have got a fresh tree in November, yeah. So soon, mid-November, so, yeah. People Amazing. are putting them up. Yeah. Fucking perverts, but... Tree perverts, yeah. How, what, how are you? Have you? Did you do anything on Black Friday? Did you get any deals or anything like that? No, do you know what? I mean, they're, they're not real deals, are they? It's all bullshit. Cyber Monday today, again. The only reason I know it's Cyber Monday Alan is... Alan Partridge Shrug, you know. <laughs> Only reason I know it's Cyber Monday is because I opened my inbox and I had something like 62 emails from everyone I've ever bought something off saying 20% off. That's not good enough for me. 30 or get the fuck out. Note to appliance kind of websites. If I've bought a fridge in the past two two years, even five years, I'm going to suggest I don't need another fridge. So like serving me an advert for 
like another sofa, another fridge, another big television, a huge, yeah. you know, a big purchase. It's just a waste of everyone's time. Yeah. Amazon said to me, like, would you like to buy another kettle? And I was like, well, I've just got one. I got one like a year ago. What do you know about, what do you know about it that I don't? Why would I need a new one? Anyway, it's funny because I actually don't like my kettle anymore. So they sort of (laughs) planted a seed that maybe I should replace Uh, it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, anyway, welcome, okay. welcome. Hope you're all doing well. This is uh, Game of Thrones Watch Along, a rewatch. Uh, we are on the last episode of season one, and it's mm. the big one. It's season one, episode nine of Baylor. Before we delve into it even more, if you haven't watched season one, episode nine for a while, here's a quick five minute recap from our sister podcast previously on Game of Thrones, season one, episode nine, Baylor. Ned Stark is locked in the dungeons under the Red Keep and is visited by Varys the Spider, so-called because he sits at the centre of a web of spies, his birds. Varys suggests Ned make peace with the Lannisters and save his life by joining the Night's Watch. Ned refuses, but Varys points out that Sansa's life is also at stake. Rob's army is marching south to rescue Ned when they come to the Twins, the castle of the Freys who guard the only crossing on a big river. Lord Frey has a dubious sense of honour and never fails to extract a prize for using his bridge. Fearing a trap for her son, Catelyn enters the twins to try and reason with him. The cost of Frey's support and safe passage across the river? Rob must marry a Frey when the war is won. At the wall, Jon Snow is given the sword Longclaw by Lord Commander Mormont for his bravery fighting the Whites. Now, Longclaw is no ordinary sword, but one of the few priceless Valyrian steel blades left. John's loyalty to the Watch is tested when Sam mentions Rob is heading off to save their father. Maester Eamon reminds him that there is a cost to staying loyal to your vows instead of your family. John scoffs at him until Eamon reveals he actually used to be Eamon Targaryen, the uncle of the Mad King, and watched as his house was destroyed. In the east, Daenerys watches as Khal Drogo falls from his horse, delirious with sickness. The mage, Mirimaz Dua, is called to heal him with a rite involving blood magic. When the other Dothraki find this dark magic being used, they threaten to kill Daenerys and her unborn baby, but Jorah saves them. This only sends Daenerys into early labour, and she's taken into the tent where the mage is summoning spirits. Tyrion arrives at the battle council of his father to find he and his tribesmen would form the front line of the army. Sensing imminent death, he spends the night drinking with Shay, a whore Bronn finds for him in the camp. Tyrion regales stories showing just how merciless Tywin is. On the morning of the actual battle, Tyrion is knocked unconscious accidentally and wakes up to find himself victorious. But the Lannisters have been duped. Robb Stark had led most of his troops against Jaime Lannister and captured him. In King's Landing, Arya is drawn by the bells to see her father being dragged from prison. She climbs on a statue to see him more easily, and Ned spots her. He tells Yorin of the Night's Watch to rescue her and get her out of there. While Queen Cersei and the council look on, Ned confesses his crimes and swears that Joffrey is the true king. A smirking Joffrey speaks of mercy, but then calls for the executioner to bring him Ned's head. The last thing Ned sees is Arya being whisked away by Yorin as his own sword, Ice, sweeps through his neck. It's the big one. It's the one that it's fair to say it changed television. It mm-hmm. it kind of changed the way that we certainly think about Game of Thrones. It certainly set Game of Thrones on a trajectory that it that it was um, 
to to make it become the biggest TV show in the world. Um, and then I'm going to say it kind of pulled the rug out of a lot of uh, streaming services, TV kind of series at the time. What else was going on at that juncture in 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 uh, in TV land? So it was what it was 2000, June the twelfth, two thousand eleven. Um, it was kind of, was I don't know what was still around. What I think is interesting to compare it to, though, is the year before that, Lost had concluded. And Lost is a really good right, example okay. of a show that, like, couldn't kill its good characters. Like, the only people that got killed were, like, the shit ones. And over watching Lost, I loved Lost when I was younger. And But you know that Jack's not going to die, you know Kate's not going to die, you know Sawyer's not going to die. And so Game of Thrones is a good antidote yeah. to something like that, where you're like, what's at stake here? Because I remember watching this episode for the first time and thinking, he's something's going to happen. Like, something's yeah. going to happen to save Ned. And it doesn't, and it is the most, like, it is like being dragged down like a current in a, in a body of water. The feeling well, of like, quite, whoa. It was quite whoa. clever. Well, they they left it not so much on a cliffhanger, but but with that kind of morsel in your mm. mind that oh something will have some, some kind of Sherlock thing will have happened. You know, yeah, you remember exactly. when Sherlock jumped off the building, yeah. and they were like, well, there's no possible way that blah 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 blah, and then it just turned out. Uh, what did happen with that? Did they ever really you know resolve what? that? Never watched Sherlock. Have you not? Never. Okay. Wa- not the Cumberbatch stuff. Never watched it. Well, there was there was a there was a piece. I guess it was a kind of jumping the shark moment. I really enjoyed. I it. remember the dying. Yeah, yeah. He 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 committed suicide. He threw himself off a building in order to save something. I can't remember what the MacGuffin around it was. Um, but then they then they announced that he's back, like for another series. Everyone was just like, "Well, how? That's impossible." And they were like, "Ah, remember Sherlock." You know, he's this like Darren Brown-esque kind of he's like, like... I had a paperclip in my watch strap. <laughs> exactly that, exactly and that. I and I took out one of my the... lenses from my glasses. Yeah, I find that yeah, so you... frustrating because the, yeah. the how is not interesting. Cause you're like, you're just going to find a way to bring him back and we're just going to have to go. It's a little bit it. like Be- Better, Better Call Saul was kind of guilty of that as well. You At know? the end? Well, just kind of throughout one of the kind of one of his tropes i think saul's tropes was that you know he'd be seemingly digging himself into like a a massive hole but then he'd do something like weird like he'd make he'd write something on a piece of paper and just like put it under a table or something he'd be like Mm. oh what's that about and there'd be loads of these things kind of put around. And then all of a sudden at the end, it all kind of like, there's a montage or a stunt or a prank or, or a heist yeah. thing where it's like, buff, 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 buff. It's like, oh, bloody hell. Right. You know, it's a little bit guilty of that. Anyway, we're going off topic. Is, but yeah, Lost, that's a good example. Lost. Yeah, I think Lost so. was there. There weren't, I'm just trying to think, what was the biggest, I'm just trying to find out what the biggest um, uh, TV episodes TV shows were Sopranos There's would have nothing... finished by then, wouldn't it? Or not? Sopranos Maybe not. was done by then, I think. Uh, did we have? Was Mad Men? When was Mad Men? Well, that was later. I think that finished twenty. No, Mad Men was earlier. Mad Men. Mad Men was two thousand and seven. Mad Men will have. Mad Men had ninety two episodes in two thousand seven. It finished in two thousand fifteen. So Mad Men was still. Mad Men was still cracking on. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Breaking Bad, maybe? Or was that, was that later? That was that finished uh, in 2014, I think. Yeah, so Breaking Bad was on. Um, Mad Men were on. They were probably the two, I guess, direct kind yeah. of things, right? Breaking um, Bad has such a small cast but nothing- that, again, you're like, well, Walt's not going to die. And most of the people around yeah. him that aren't... Even the, the guy the with stage three lung cancer is not going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I found about Hard um, Better Call Solo is like um, Mike and Sol, you're kind of like, well, and, and um, Gus Fring eventually comes in it. You're just like, but you're not going to die. Like, there's no stakes. I don't find it interesting. I found it, I, I gave up on Sol. I did. Yeah. For my oh, did students. you? Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Just, Good ending. Good. There's no, so I, much I telly. That. You just, if something's just not hitting the, the right notes. True. For you, That's easy. true. Well, I was the same. The industry, industry didn't move me second series. Yeah. Um, yeah. We are diverging so anyway good old waffle, aren't safe today? to say that that, that Baylor changed things quite dramatically mm. not only yeah, for game of thrones yeah. but also for how we as viewers ex, ex, what we expect from our from our quality drama um yeah. what did you think of the rewatch this was uh, again I, it's one of those I shows it's one it. of those episodes that we talk about all the time but like actually yeah. i've never really gone back so and watched the, it. The, the thing that's really interesting for me is the the thing that has gone down as one of the best bits of television history it lasts six minutes <laughs> six minutes the whole episode I was like two thirds of the way in and like there's all some other stuff going on in the episode which we'll get into and I was thinking is this definitely the one where Ned gets his head chopped off because there's no Ned he's in at the very start talking to Varys but yeah. there's no Arya's not really in it Sansa's not in it Cersei's not really in it um it, that all just comes in at the very end, and they're not. Yeah, I just was quite taken by how little. I think it's about, and Ned. it's something that it's something that Thrones does quite a lot. In that there are these moments that occur, but mm. the lead up and the aftermath are kept very separate from it. So episode yes. eight, episode eight is full on Ned drams. Yes. Yeah. Episode yeah. ten is full on aftermath of that and how it affects Arya, Sansa, Catelyn, Rob, Jon. So this is almost like a, it's like a capsule scene that is just used. And I I wonder if when they were filmed, when it was filmed, if it was always meant to be um, like that or whether Mm. it was um, meant to be dropped in at the beginning of 10 or, or, I I can't imagine it would have been. It's interesting because what, what I think is really clever about this episode is actually, and it's really useful for us and anyone um, who watched along with us is that it's actually really self-contained. The Mm. stuff that happens in the episode is all about people figuring out where family and duty and honor sort of intersect. Like everyone's figuring out where to put their family, where to put their like, you know, um, whether to do justice, whether to, what comes first and what the priorities are. And I just thought it was a really neat episode. I was really surprised because I I thought this is the biggest jump. We last watched episode four. So there's been four other episodes and then this one. Yeah, big jump. It took me a while to acclimatise to everything. But it's still, as as a sort of snapshot of Game of Thrones, it's very self-contained and I thought all of it there's so many things where I was like I wouldn't have noticed this as strongly like I mean obviously Jon Snow and Aemon Targaryen have this conversation he finds out that Aemon is a Targaryen and he was the great 
uncle. He was the uncle to the Mad King. Yeah, and I I, I remember that being a, a big a was he the uncle shot. or the brother? I thought he was the brother. No, he was oh, the sorry. he was the uncle. No, you, I'm sure you're right. He was, he was, he's he was right, Aiden, right? He's yeah, he's Daenerys's great uncle. I think who went on to be Egg in the kind of like little yes, he's Egg. This is Egg. I yeah. think yeah. Um, and I remember that being like a revelation the first time round, but I was like, first time watching it when I didn't really understand how many Targaryens there were, I was like, don't really care. Find this hard to sort of get on board with. But in this episode, yeah. it's, you know, he watched his family massacre and be massacred. He watched his uncle, like, uh, sorry, his, his great nephew kill children, burn people alive, like commit awful, awful crimes. And he knew like... Yeah. He couldn't, he couldn't march south. He couldn't go and get involved. And so there was a lot of like callbacks to how people over the course of history have had to figure out where to put their priorities. Um, even yeah. Daenerys was really all about that because she could leave and be safe or she could stay with her husband out of duty, even if it means like killing that horse, getting involved in blood magic, doing all these wild things to try and preserve her husband. Um, yeah. So I thought it was great. I loved it. It was a really good episode. Um, yeah, it was. Um, it was. It was good. We we introduced to it again a whole bunch more people. Though, like you say, the the Targaryen stuff for me just feels so much sweeter. Yeah, watching it back now. Yeah, it's like I, I, I still can't get I, I, the. This, can we talk about what's bad first? Of all? Okay, yeah, that's like, a good idea. Let's talk about what we're not into with this episode. What's not Jason working? Momoa. Jason Momoa. I mean, he's stretched an elastic band to the moon. No offense to Drogo fan, Carl Drogo fans out there, and to Mr. Momoa himself, but he was not given a lot to deal no. with. No, uh, but he did. But he still managed to do very little with it. It was. <laughs> well, he's, I, I think it's, he's not a critical, uh, not a complicated character. Like, no, less so in this episode. Literally. Even less so. I mean, I can't. But believe, I just, yeah, the whole. I just didn't really enjoy any of the Daenerys stuff. Well, really. the, I think, the witch, yeah, I'm going to, stuff gonna, was just a bit naff. I'm going to see Although your, the, the um, whole magic part, the whole magic part of it is, you know, it's one of my favorite things in the, in Thrones, but the, 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 the kind of witch was shit. Just awful. Yeah. Just really, really badly executed, badly acted kind of like, it just felt like a weird Jason and the Argonauts kind yeah. of side mission. It actually, my reference point, and this is not to be mean to, you know, other shows, but it's a bit Merlin. Do you know what I mean? It's a yes. bit Sunday yeah, yeah, yeah. night tea time, the bat's running, yeah. five yeah, more yeah. minutes, and then you've got to get your hair washed. I don't know washed. if that's the way it was shot, the way it was graded. I think it, it looks a little didn't cheap. Feel it, it looks, the scale's didn't feel expensive. Low. You know, everyone's wearing the same eyeshadow. Mm. You know, it's just like a weird... I think also I will raise you and say I think Daenerys' storyline this season is generally quite boring and I think it's quite hard to like care because you're just waiting for yeah. something good to happen right and I think yeah I mean I did I had no I think the first time I watched it the dragon surprised me it was a nice mm. it was a good surprise last shot uh sorry that's episode 10 isn't it sorry full confession I couldn't stop watching and went on to watch episode 10 straight but after don't, so. don't you think it's interesting the dragon it, they're they're sort of hinted at a lot I noticed it this episode. It's one of the, the the blood riders says to her, like, all the dragons are dead. And she's like, 
they are not. I am the blood of the dragon. And you're kind of, it's teasing that they're coming. Yeah, and I was yeah, with you the yeah. first time I watched it. I, I was like, oh, this is a show set after dragons. And so when they're born, you're like, whoa, this is about to get really exciting. Yeah. Um, eventually. <laughs> eventually. But Eventually. But it's yeah. just, yeah, in the desert, it, it's, it's just hard to, it's really, the really exciting stuff's happening in King's Landing. Um, yeah. And actually we start to see, and already we're only eight, nine episodes in, and the difference between Tyrion in this episode compared to episode one is mm. like, just, just huge. They've really started to settle in. Uh, Jamie Lannister as well. Um, again, Captured. still... Still has a bit of that uh, kind of Errol Flynnist. Mm. Still hasn't been knocked out of him yet, but it's it's we, we start to see the the characters that we that we that we grew to love so much kind of yeah. starting to yeah. starting to come out a bit more. Well, it's um, the, the the thing that's great. What you're starting to get is different combinations of characters. So ja- seeing Jamie with Rob and Catelyn, that's really interesting. Yeah. Seeing Tyrion yeah. with his father. That's really interesting, and Shay brings out a new side of him as well. Um, although I think mm. his, I think his British accent is still really thespy um, in this in this episode. It's still sort of like yeah, ooh, my father, oh my father. Hang on a sec, hang on a sec. We still haven't we we can't talk about accents without talking about uh, Littlefinger. Is is he just is just is he from Sheffield at the moment? Yeah, well, I think at this because point, he wasn't in this episode really, was he? But he. Is no, still he wasn't. Giving he, used to he was there. He was present. He was yeah. present at the. Um, I the noticed the big change in season four. That's when he starts kind of going. Maybe Littlefinger's a bit Irish. Uh, <laughs> a little, a bit, li- a bit. Yeah. He may as well have had a foam Guinness hat on. <laughs> he just did his lines in uh, Temple Bar. <laughs> yeah, but he, I remember Aidan Gillen said in an interview at the time it's intentional because his mind is all over the place and he's figuring out his next move. I was like, bullshit. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. Someone somewhere just said, oh, I like that. Do the Irish thing. Do the Sansa. It's weird. It's because when a- the people we love will never be Sansa. the same again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> anything else that didn't really work for you? I don't think the stuff north of the wall uh, is particularly compelling at this point either i think it gets a lot better but i think again but i I liked how it fitted in in this episode i like the um john snow really wants to leave and he can't and he has to live with that um that's that was really fitting into that that broader stuff we talked about yeah and it just like you say it was that was across you know john had those issues um sansa had them daenerys Mm. had them you know rob even the phrase the phrase have to decide whether to you know they hate a lot of the other families and they have to let rob through but they're like well it might be good for us we can marry some of our daughters into like better houses i loved i i I just loved watching this and like thinking fucking hell this is season one episode nine like the big app but already we've just had the seed sown uh for the red wedding wedding. yeah it's just like the phrase of fast, they do such a good job on this show of like giving each house, not a character in and of itself, because everyone in the house is kind of different, but just being like this. They've got a vibe, hasn't it? It's they've got, got a vibe, a vibe and it's, it's, it's vibe. you yeah. know, I remember reading, uh, oh no, watching, there was an interview with um, one of the set people for the Red Wedding, which is obviously set 
at River, you know, at the Twins mm. as well. Yeah. And, you know, they've intentionally, like, they don't have, like, nice tapestries at the Twins. They don't have, like, animal skins. They don't have anything like that. And everything's a bit damp and a bit smelly. And you get right, that okay. being in there. It's it's a particular, because it's a very, like, it's two castles yeah. that they've formed a bridge over. They're quite narrow and quite awkward rather than these, like, grand, it's a very, like, functional space. And I just think it's so, yeah. you get so much from it. Um, and, yeah, Walder Frey, just the most sinewy, gross um oh that line uh her honey is all mine oh my god and then i you were just a milkmaid's a milkmaid's daughter until i pumped something into you or something like pumped a son into you or something like that did you notice in episode four when catelyn is in the inn and she like says oh i recognize you you're afraid. How is your, how is Sir Walder? And he goes, Oh, he's just, just taken a new wife and he's like 90 That's years right. old. And then we find out that like Catelyn's family, the Tullys didn't go cause they looked down on the phrase. Um, right, and he yeah, was yeah. pissed about it. Um, but yeah. they, I think what my understanding is they were a relatively young house, but they built this really clever <laughs> bridge and started charging. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. They, a lot and of the people loathe them, but they've become very rich. I mean, they didn't go to the wedding, but she, as Catelyn said, it was just like, well, which one? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and even even Walder Frey made a joke. He's like, well, Dan, that one, you didn't come to that yeah. one either. She's like, mate, you need to stop getting married. Also, it's fucking um, far away. Like, <laughs> I know, it's, you busy. know, even back then, even back then, you know, it was like the stag was in Vegas. The, yeah. you know, it was just, it was, just, it was a bit, it was just expensive. You had to get. A it's suit, a bit like if hotel. you have, yeah, if you have a friend who like gets married and then they like get divorced, you're a bit like, can I have the present back? Because I spent a lot yeah, of money exactly. on that. Yeah. <laughs> Which one have you got the toaster? We'll be back right after this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But apart from, apart from that, uh, and apart from the fact that you're right, it was like, oh shit, the, the actual thing that made this episode so notorious is barely six minutes long. Mm. Um, but still, uh, a heart, still heart wrenching, still yeah. just, I, I loved and I'd forgotten about Aria, uh, being on Baylor. And it yeah. took me, I couldn't remember for the life of me why this episode was called Baylor. Um, and then as we saw, it was what Ned, who was the guy who was so the guy? Ned's, it's not, he's, not he's Yoren. in it a fair bit. Yeah, he's the guy that's um he's like a night's watch recruit. And he basically goes around the country recruiting people for the night's watch. Right, okay. And, and it was it him that got John, was it? No, because John sort of went in through Uncle Benjamin. John but what these guys himself. do is they have these sort of they're a bit like the the Red Bull reps that you get at universities that are always driving the Mini Cooper with the Red Bull on the back. They're like, have you tried Red Bull? Yeah. These guys basically go around, they pick up bastards, they pick up, like, you know, people that are from the... They go to King's Landing and get people out of the jails quite often. Um, right, okay. And so they sort of populate the Night's Watch. And I think Ned sort of said, look, Baylor, as in, that's where Arya is, like, you need to get her down. And he... I think already the seed, this sort of seed is sown that he'll take her to the wall because John can protect her. And that's yeah, kind of what happens in season two. Is they, they sort of start going up there and I think they get kidnapped by the Lannisters. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the idea is these guys go around and they fill the wall with uh, wrong-uns because it used to be quite a noble thing to go there. And obviously now it's sort of just a bit in disrepair. Just the dregs. So yeah. you get all these... No, like, Francis McGee. Francis McGee plays Yorin. And he's been in tons of stuff. He's been like Justice League. He's in Rogue One, uh, Layer Cake. Is it really? Is is in uh, the Watcher, the Witcher rather? Tons of things. Good, good, good lad. Nice northern accent that'll get you far. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Of medieval or these certain roles. So uh, yeah, I mean, the thing about it is, I guess what we should talk about is just like what a shock it was that Ned died. Because you think he is, this is like Tony Soprano getting killed in season one. You just think he's the honourable one, he's a good person, and we're going to watch him try and change this like horrible place. And they're like, no, no, he's gone, he's dead. Like, And what I've noticed watching the three that we have watched though is just, you know, he's so virtuous to a fault. Like he didn't realise that like, you can't win hearts and minds. Not everyone wants to be a good person. And like mm. what we missed in, I think it's the last episode, because I've not been watching the ones in between either. I think we're, I'm just trying to watch the ones that we're doing for the rewatch. Yeah. He goes to Cersei and says, I'm giving you a chance to leave with your kids because if I tell Robert, he's going to kill you. And like that compassion is really powerful. And it's actually amazing that he would say to Cersei, like, look, I don't like you, but I would rather you are not killed by Robert. And she turns on him. She twists. She, she sort of is already plotting a few steps ahead. So yeah, it's just powerful reminder. Like you can't be good and you can't be virtuous and also keep your head. Well, the, well, the opening episode, uh, shows us just that because he's talking to Varys in the in the cell and you know yeah. Varys is trying to 
trying to come up with a way around, you know, trying to see a way through it. And, you know, Ned just turns to him and says, uh, his line was, uh, you think my life is some precious thing to me? He's, he's prepared, you know, he's ready to die. He's, yeah. he's prepared for his death, of, you know, years ago, um, yeah. which was, which was him down to fault. And he's also, it was his greatest strength, but also clearly the, the thing that got him killed as well. There's just not many people like him that are good, <laughs> that aren't selfish. Right. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have like whores. He doesn't, he doesn't get drunk. You know, it, it, he's good. He's a good person. And he's really. Which is what. Which is why the reveal of John's origin was so pleasing, because it was the one thing yeah. that 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 people held up against Ned was that I think if it was so good, why did he have a bastard son? You know, yeah. and Catelyn always kind of hated it, always yeah. grated her, you know, and so when it when it finally came to be that that actually he was. He was just completely honourable and he was just watching out for his sister. Um, yeah. So fascinating that he just... never told his wife, though. Like, didn't even tell yeah. her, you know? And she yeah, has, has seen this, like, perfect man. Everyone is like, oh, my God, what a, like, a paragon of, like, virtue. She's like, well, you can't, but you, you, like, fucked someone else. Like, what, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> um, yeah. And Sean Bean just um, does but, such a good job on it, doesn't he? He sells it. He does. It does, it, and I forgot how, I forgot how much you relied on him for season one as well. Mm. To be, you know, he was a familiar face to us all. You know, I mean, I didn't know anybody that was in it. Maybe Charles Dance, I'd seen him in Last Action Hero, mm. uh, Mark Addy from Bloody Full Monty, but Sean Bean was the was the was the face that was like ah, sharps yeah. in this, it's going to be good. You know, yeah, it, it, yeah. He he gave it he gave it a sense of realism and a bit of grit, and also just the right amount of didn't give a shit. I, I always admire the fact that Sean, Sean Bean has done no press about Game of Thrones ever, ever, ever. I think he would, he is a man of honour. He would rather fucking die on the stake with Shireen than go to Comic-Con. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I think gotta, when you, you come gotta, in and out. You've got to admire a, someone like that. Yeah. And when you come in and out of a show like that, just being like, I did it, I finished it, like... I did it 11 years ago. Yeah. The fuck have I got to say about it? I don't know. But you know, I think, I think I that's know... probably what someone like Paddy will be kind of like yeah. when House of Dragon ends. Yeah. Uh, even though his, his impact was so great on season one, by the time it gets to season four, yeah, know, he's, he's kind of like, I think it's, it must be very hard. I mean, I've never been to any of the conventions, but I think for the cast, when it is, it is a job. I mean, you can love it and you can commit to it. Yeah. And people do. We had to, have the amount of original cast that we had on Thronecast, whereby, and I'm not going to name any names, uh, <laughs> where you'd be sitting in the green room with them beforehand. You go, so fucking hell, this is great, isn't it? And, you know, where they go, I'm not even funny. I fucking finished filming this in 2000, yada yada. Yeah. I never watched it. I didn't really understand what I was saying at the time. But, yeah, yeah they, I'll, I'll, I'll do my bit and they go on and they do their bit and they're brilliant. And, you know, they enthuse, but you have to sit there going, okay, you fucked them. You killed them. That was such and such's daughter who you were doing. Bah, 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 bah. And they're like, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. You know, th th it's not, you have to remember a thing. And it's very difficult for people like us who are so passionate about it and, and so in, so kind of deeply involved and invested in the story and the characters that, 
sometimes it's just a job to actors. Yeah. Sometimes they do just rock up and read the lines and fuck off again. You know, I mean, if we're, if we're all honest, do we think, do we honestly think, and this isn't who I was talking about before, but do we honestly think that Charles Dance um, kind of fever, salivated waiting yeah. for the scripts yeah. for Game of Thrones to arrive on his doorstep so he could find out what he was going to be doing? For, no, yeah. of course or because that, he knew like, that he could just he knew he could just be Charles Dance and, and enjoy himself. Or that if, you know, someone says to him like, So I think it's just really interesting that Tywin, when he went to the Whispering Woods, he did this attack formation because in the books that actually didn't work once and so he wouldn't have done you know, you just get a bit like I don't uh, okay. fucking know. Like um Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, should talk exactly. about I want to talk about the the battle, which we don't really see in this episode. Um mm-hmm. You know, this season they didn't have the budget for like full on battles, right? So we see the start of it and we see the end of it. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of funny because I sort of forgot that there was, I mean, they're at war at the moment and you sort of don't really, the focus is so yeah, much you, on the people that you sort of go, oh, yeah. yeah, there's sort of like, there's a war and like Tyrion. Well, they tell you three times, they tell you about three times, we're yeah. at war. People just yeah. come into tents and they go, oh, we've lost 2,000 men at the... But the, I think the scale of it is sometimes quite hard to get your head around because, like, um, Rob sent 2,000 people kind of to their death in to order to death. do this plan. Did a double bluff, yeah, with his, so his I was, 18,000. Just before we jumped on the record, I was just looking... Because I'm a bit like... I'm a, I find this this battle quite confusing. So I've actually, I've actually found a diagram of what happened, right? Oh, good lad. Okay. Because I think this is interesting. When you know, when you know, like what it's about, it's really fucking interesting. And there's a really good callback to it in season seven. Okay. Okay. So the the whispering wood is this big forest and the river cuts through it. So the reason they cross at the twins is so that they can come into the woods from the side that Janie's team are on rather than the side Tywin's lot are on. Okay. Okay, yeah. So what's really, it's like an ambush in the woods. They make it look like they're going to go and take on Tywin, but they're on the other side of the river and they attack Jaime kind of from behind, I think. Yeah. And what happens, like Jaime gets captured from that and it is a big setback for him. And then later on in season seven, Jaime does the same technique in order to, uh, you know, when he captures Highgarden and gets the Queen oh. of Thorns, they all go to the yes, um, okay. Casterly yeah. Rock to attack the Lannisters. Jamie's not there. He's taken his lot to Highgarden and he says Beyond. to Alina yeah. Tyrell, just before he kills her, I learned this from Rob Stark. He did this to me at the Whispering Wood and I've done the same technique. It's really cool. Love that. Good callback. Well done. Really, well done, really Chris cool Mandel. Detail. But I find, yeah, just yeah. 2,000 people die and you're sort of like, you know, Rob's, you know, around sort of 17 supposed to be in this show. And he's got all yeah. this bravado, right, of like giving these brave heart speeches. But yeah, he sent 2,000 people died and, and they're like, you know, allies. They're people from all these different houses. And um, yeah, it's kind of brutal what happens, I suppose. Yeah. And also, 20,000 people is about, it's like an O2. It's like a sold-out O2. Like, mm. if you imagine sending, like, a sold-out Billie Eilish gig to war, that's, that's, that's what Rob Stark did. It's, a, it's just trying to the imagine the, the, 
scale the numbers of people is is sometimes worth yeah yeah yeah, the right the 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 war stuff is is kind of overshadowed mainly like you say because they couldn't film it we saw Tyrion, you know get knocked out fade to black fade up wars over um with the kind of comical who were the weird kind of like Oh yeah, this the stone yeah. the stone men, the stone the tribes. Stone people or stone tribe. These are kind again, of like Who the he, fuck are they? <laughs> okay, I, there's a again, we've missed this. It's not not one of my favourite storylines. It kind of just lost on me. Um when Tyrion's returning from the Eerie, because obviously he gets taken to Catelyn's sister, wins his trial by combat because he gets Bronn to do it for him. And is allowed to be oh, yes. free. Yeah, yeah. They get attacked yeah, yeah, by the yeah. clansmen, and he says, "Look, I'm a Lannister. I'll pay you loads. You just have to take me to my father's camp in the Riverlands." And he basically right. okay. gets them to sort of fight for him. And I think it's supposed to just illustrate that Tyrion is quite endearingly manipulative, and he can get people to yeah. do his bidding. But yeah, and money and money talks. Uh, Lannister, not the Stone yeah. Men. The Stone Men are the people that have grayscale. Yes, um, one of the groups of the Stone Crows. Stone crows. Some are called Stone like the painted dogs, and some of them are like. That just, was it. <laughs> the painted. They had painted really dogs. good names, didn't they? Quite Mad yeah. Max sort of looking guys. And um, the stone, the stone crows are led by someone called Shagger. That's right, and he says that there's all these fights. Someone gets their like dick cut off over a sausage or something, and it's like. Yeah, but no t- Tywin very yeah. smartly is like, okay, you guys can all go at the front. <laughs> you can go first. <laughs> Right behind you, lads. We'll, right we'll just you. be having like a suckling pig in our tent. Yeah. Also, can we talk about um, the fact that Tyrion has a four-poster bed in his tent? I've written down, the note I had <laughs> written down was, the logic, the logistics of a Lannister's entourage is baffling. Literally. Is what I said. Because it's just like, there must be as many people just carrying shit round yeah. as there are actually fighting in that war. You know, I always find it amazing... Like, if you've ever been camping, yeah. there's always that family or that, that party that have, like, crockery and mm. cutlery and, like, napkins. And it's just yeah. like, okay, now, eat out of a Tupperware, mate, like everyone yeah. else. It's just like, what a faff. And then you see, like, Lannisters on uh, Lannisters on tour, lads. And, like, yeah, four-poster yeah. beds, candles, It's giving, rugs, like, it's like, Glastonbury hospitality. It's like the Rolling Stones tent, dressing room. <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. It's... it's Sorry, all my, like, animal furs aren't here. I explicitly asked for seven animal furs. Well, we've been walking for three months and we're moving tomorrow. I don't care. uh, I'm going to find me a whore in the middle of this field. Yeah, find me a whore in the middle of this field and four jugs of wine. So that one of the men carrying the four-poster bed has died. (laughs) Well, get another one. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. All the time as well. Pardon? How pissed must they have been all the time I know. as well? Because they really do glug it back. It's not they like don't a drink water. They're like I remember my grandparents. You know, they wouldn't drink a glass of water of an afternoon. You just didn't do it. You drank tea, and I. They're like that. They're just like we don't need to stay hydrated. Just, just have one. I thought you were about to see your grandparents. My, yeah, like my grandparents. They just drink. Just yeah, they jug, just, just huge flagons of red wine all afternoon. But you yeah. know, when you're just like it's a very new. It's such a very new thing to just drink water all the time. I suppose we're heavy on and Perrier. Yeah. Got something All I would say is the, the Lannisters must have bad skin. They've oh. aged. Tyrion is only, Tyrion's only like 20, 25, I think, in the show. Is he? Apparently, yeah. I think the character's around wow. that age. Not, he's not old.
I do want to talk about the last scene a bit more, the the exchange scene, because it was brilliantly edited. Yes. I I think, Uh, you know, shout out to the way that it was cut together because it could have been quite linear. um, Mm -hmm. But instead we saw it from, we got into the mindset of everyone there, you know, Joffrey, Sansa, particularly Mm. Arya, but also what could have been just a gruesome kind of like shock um bloodfest actually became quite an emotional moment because right at the last minute just by seeing Baylor which gave the show its title yeah, yeah. saw that Arya was no longer there saw yeah. that um that saw that your man um Yaren was it Yaren yeah Yaren. had um Yaren had 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 got to her and there's that kind of little moment where he's just like okay okay this is it you know, and it was just like, it was a real sucker punch, real kind I think of like amazing. It was the silent, the birds flying away. Yeah. Oh. The shot of the back of Ned's neck was really powerful because yeah. I just thought big that fleshy it was, neck. Yeah, it was just quite an odd shot. But yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a really beautifully edited. It's I remember reading it in the book and feeling like the whole thing was quite sprawling because there's n- narrators like Ned... Arya, I think Sansa, like it jumps around from how they're witnessing it. And it's really quite disorientating. And I thought what they do is really clever. Um, The way that they just, they can just show you what's happening quite effectively. Uh, Mm. And yeah, I just, I thought he was going to take the black. I thought he was going to get sent to the wall. And when Joffrey sort of goes, well, that's what the women want. And, you know, quite Elon Musk energy to Joffrey, I've realised. Yeah. And he's like, look... Obviously, we want to improve this situation. What I'm going to do is make it worse, and then we'll <laughs> yeah, fix it. <laughs> like, what? Let's see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, little shout out as well. Uh, quite poignant that we watched this episode on the week that Wilco Johnson of died. Uh, yeah. Wilco Johnson, uh, fantastic musician, guitarist in Dr. Feelgood, just amazing bloke. Um, died last week and he was uh, the guy that played Sir Ilan Payne mm-hmm. the executioner the, the, exe- the executioner for so many great moments um, and yeah he's, I forgot that he was the guy that, that, that killed Ned me too Stark. me too I completely forgot it until I saw the news about him passing away last week yeah and I was like oh yeah the executioner <laughs> that um, as soon as he put that hood on though you just it just gets it really amps up and he had such a an amazing presence on the show because I believe his character had his tongue cut out. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's like, I think we got like a little, did we get some kind of like, um, so he's part of the pod. Was he part of, must be part of Podrick's family, right? Yes, he will be. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be indirectly related. Maybe like an uncle or something. Um, but yeah, he's a mute knight. Um, Joffrey, uh, Sansa says, why wouldn't he speak to me? Uh, Sandor Clegane, he hasn't been very talkative these last 20 years since the Mad King had his tongue ripped out with hot pincers. Joffrey Baratheon, he speaks damn well with his sword though. Well, yeah, he's not wrong. Um, Sleep well, uh, Wilco and Cyril in pain. The, yeah, we've talked a bit about the um, stuff with Daenerys. I, th- I mean, the magic stuff is quite weird, I think. Uh I think it doesn't quite yeah. fit in until the dragons are born. Well, I guess maybe that's why, just because we don't have any context to it. Yeah. So it just feels like a completely separate 
show. And I think also it's very hard. Like, I think they never really make much of the magic. It's like, I was, I was thinking about this because we were talking about it last week about how we don't really know how any of it works. And I think it's by design. I think the idea is that like, look, this magic is like, kind of like fucking with the laws of nature. So it goes against the whole point of it to try and explain it. Uh, but, you know, I find it all... Yeah, George R. R. Martin has said that, like, Daenerys has a sense of intuition in what to do, which is part of why it works, right? Like, if you want it bad mm. enough... But it, it's difficult because none of it... Yeah, she, they try to sacrifice the horse to sort of, you know, blood... Uh, 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 a life must be yeah I got complete I got completely mistaken I thought that was the one where she then had to eat the heart of the horse but that was a, that was earlier on that was earlier on um, and she does it again later I think um, yeah. she the, the thing that is like a death for a life is the yeah I got all the metaphors and, and, and that what, what I can't what I still can't work out is, is <coughs> to the dragon eggs are we supposed to believe that that it was a combination of um, the witch being in the fire and Daenerys being in the fire and the eggs being in the fire and Drogo being in the fire. Was it a combination of all those things that then created? Um, I think that's my understanding. I mean, I don't think the witch actually is helping so much as it's a person, like a person being sacrificed because yeah. I read that like the dragon so it's not of her magic yeah, yeah. It, i don't think so but i think something magical happens i think it's good to think of the magic r- rather as like a well, yeah because the only thing that burnt off was <laughs> daenerys's frock yeah. hair was intact i think yeah. mad yeah like the magic is almost like a process rather than an ingredient if that makes sense right okay. but like what i understood right is that even in house of the dragon when they hatch eggs there's usually like an animal sacrifice like a live animal being burnt uh, okay. the dragons themselves would like catch a goat and like drop it in the you know to help it hatch and uh. i think the they try the horse they and that didn't work with drogo anyway um but when daenerys does the funeral pyre i think she does put an animal in uh, but i think it's the fact that Whoa. human is sacrificed that's like a greater if it's like on a scale i think the human yeah. and, and a live woman is better than you know, a goat or a yeah, sheep. top trumps. It trumps a goat. Yeah, but a live I think woman also and witch. Yep. she really needed it to happen. She's really desperate, and I think there is an element of like almost the adrenaline of like, look, I'm in a bind. That's kind of what helps, I think. But it made me think a lot of like, if you think about like Harry Potter, they explain magic very specifically, right? Where it's like this word makes this happen, this makes yeah. this happen, right? But then you have this culture where like you can create anything out of thin air so why are the weasleys all wearing old clothes like do you know what i mean it's kind of like if you have to if you get really in the grass with it it you create all these problems and i think with with game of thrones and house of the dragon it is benefited by not being that specific but it also means at this point where we're not really like knowing what kind of show this is you're sort of like well, why didn't it work? Why is Drogo yeah. in like a coma? Like what's going on? And it, I think it's quite dissatisfying. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you, it's better, I get you. Okay. Yeah, better not to think about why, I, that, how a giant wall got built. Just better to go, well, true. that exists and we're all the better for it, I suppose. 
there we are. That's season one. We've done it and it flew by. Well, we only watched three episodes, but it, <laughs> it really it did, did fly by. <laughs> it did fly by. Um, we're now into somewhat of a longer haul, I think, with, with season two, which doesn't yeah. really have that many whiz-bangs. But um, this, we once again call on you, the mighty Dragoncast listener. Uh, if you go to at Dragoncast underscore pod, uh, the poll uh, for which episodes we're going to cover in season two is live now. It's now Monday, the 28th of November. We'll keep that live until Friday the 2nd, uh, at which point Chris and I will actually have to watch the first episode in time for next week. Yeah. So all, um, was it nine, t- all 10 episodes will be up there again. Uh, pick your three favourites. Um, and we will do our duty as we are and do as, do as we are told. Yeah. Um, so this time next week we'll be, uh, we'll be listening I'm, to, uh, we'll be, you'll be listening to season two. I'm looking forward yeah. to season two. As you said, it's definitely quite slow, I think, but I think lots of good character moments, lots of new characters. Mm. We'll see Stannis, yeah. Marjorie, Brienne, like some good folk. Oh yeah. Two. The, uh, the Red Witch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. What's she called? It's, it's smoke, but it's smoke, it's smoke baby. Smoke that baby's in this it's, season. Yeah. I can't amazing. remember what episode. It's quite early because she kills Renly, doesn't she? And we see just, yeah. And yeah. Renly bites the bullet. No, he's got a while to go. Yeah. But I think doesn't, is this the one that Gendry does a runner as well? I think it is, isn't it? It's not the one where the witch tries to shag him. Is it not? No. Oh, okay. Season three. Um, or oh, Davos. Okay. Davos. Like the best Geordie in Westeros. Wow. Being this season. The Onion Knight. The well, Onion Knight. <laughs> I just I just think it's so funny when you have someone that regional. Also, even funnier that he's like like Irish, isn't he? Like Northern Irish. Is he really? I the thought he was genuinely him. a Geordie. I thought he was, hang on a second. I, th- Haven't, I think I've interviewed him. I think he was. Yeah, he is Irish. <laughs> That's what's even funnier. It's just like. He's a good guy, actually. We're oh, yeah, what a him. legend. And survives. Doesn't Davos is it? survives Game of Thrones? We are now going to go and record our second episode of the bonus series for the OA. Uh, we've watched episode two of the OA. Um, I'm really sorry, everybody. I've got no excuses. I just had a massive brain fart. I forgot to publish the first bonus episode. So you will get two OA bonus episodes at once. I, I apologise profusely <laughs> for that. I've got no reason for it. I just forgot. Tuesday just ran away with me. Uh, but here we are. So you'll have double bubble this week. Um, so, Chris, until next week, who knows which one we'll be uh, talking oh. about. Hope it's a good one. Yeah. See you next week. See you next week, Dracaris. Dracaris. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at Dragoncast underscore pod or email Dragoncast at daftdoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for Dragoncast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. Dragoncast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel and is a Daft Doris production. Dracarys. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.